0: day that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. Thank you for your people who are here today to honor you and to sing praises to your name. We pray that more people will come sooner or later, Lord, and I pray that everybody will be blessed as we learn from your word. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Let us all stand up and let's sing our welcome song. There's a welcome here, a welcome here, there's a Christian welcome here. Hallelujah! There's a welcome here, a welcome here, there's a Christian welcome here. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. What a sight just to see all the happy faces. Praising God in heavenly places. What a thrill that I feel when I get together with God. As usual we start praising the Lord the very first hour of our day and for this service we'll start with the hymn Praise Him, Praise Him. Let's sing. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing O O earth this wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, Hail Him, him. High Archangels in glory, strength and all. Honor, give to his holy name like a shepherd Jesus will guard his children in his arms he carries them all day long praise him praise him tell of his excellent greatness praise him praise him ever in joyful song Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, for our sins, He suffered and bled and died. He, our rock, our hope of eternal salvation, hail Him, hail Him, Jesus the crucified. Sound His praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows, love. and strong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Last verse. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals, loudly as we Jesus Savior, forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever joyful song let's sing now to the lord god holy 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 lord god almighty holy 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 Cherokee. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. You may take your seats. Our next song before the message is called the Son of God. I don't know, some of you may know this, so please sing along with me. And if not, you can just probably uh, sing with us later on when you are able to get the melody. So, Son of God. Son of God, shaper of the stars, you alone, the dweller of my heart, mighty King. How beautiful you are, how beautiful, Son of God, the Father's gift to us. You alone were broken on the altar of love, precious love. Our freedom's in your blood, it's in your blood. Jesus, O Holy One, I sing to you, forgiveness. Your great love for me, Son of God, strength be and compare, you alone, the darkness cannot bear, Lord of love, your kindness draws me near, it draws me near. Son of God Prophecy of all You alone Redeemer of my soul Come again And lead your people home Come lead us home Jesus O Holy One I sing to you forgiven savior i'm overcome with your great love for me you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy of all my praise you are beautiful You are beautiful,
1: I will lift
0: up my hands and sing, Jesus. stand up please as we honor the reading of god's word our text this morning is in john chapter 13 verses 1 to 17 but i'm going to read only verses 1 to 5. john 13 verse now before the feast of the passover when jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the father Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Jesus Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He rised from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. Verse 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, uh, thank you that we are here today to listen to the preaching of your word. Your word which is so precious and so essential to all of us. So that we can live our life that is truly and forever connected and abiding in christ i pray lord that as we learn from this passage as we continue to live a life that is godly and honoring to you and for this week lord that we can live a life that is humble that is patterned after our Lord Jesus Christ. May you continue to change us, correct us, and to train us in your own righteousness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, you may take your seats. So by the way, uh, before I start the message, we have prayer request cards at the asheric table. So if you have prayer requests, please write them on this card and then give them to our usher. And also, we have our daily bread. We have our daily bread here for October to December. It's a large print one, so please get one. Uh Sister Marty? When you pray for Bonnie, there's a person for big three, or one, two, three. And they're going to put a, something in his throat to try to open his esophagus. Okay. Yeah, so there's so probably there's a stricture. Yeah, there's a tightening in this esophagus. Yeah, there's a tightening. Pray for Him. Alright, so let's turn again to John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. As I've said in the Sunday school time, our topic for this month will be a life connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, a life that is abiding in Christ alone. And this morning, I'm going to tackle a life of humility, a life of humility and this morning when you were here in the small group discussion one of the things that we discussed was the humility of the lord jesus christ but we must understand where this where does this humility come from okay what is the source of this humility and what was the ultimate attitude that jesus christ was showing when he showed this humble service to his disciples okay to the 12 disciples including judas Iscariot? remember Jesus Christ was still here and he, Jesus Christ, washed even the feet of Judas Iscariot. Okay, so what kind of servanthood was that? Every one of us is struggling with humility, right? There's nobody else here who can say I'm completely humble because the moment that you say that you're humble, you're already being fright- prideful, right? Because it's hard to say that we are humble because... Probably after the next step, we are already arrogant and proud of our talents, of our abilities, and everything that we have in our possession. And before I became a Christian, it's been my struggle already. Uh, most of you, if not, if not all of you, know that I've been a medical doctor. Before, even before I became a Christian, I was already in the medical field, training for uh, the field in neurology. the brain. And since I became a a, a licensed medical doctor, I I, I passed the board exams and so on, uh, that would make me more prideful. And I don't want to touch any kind of job that is menial. Actually, this morning, some of you were asking me, what is the word menial? What does that mean, uh, the word menial? It means means a lowly job, something that you won't want to uh, get into because that's not part of your uh, Profession that's not who you are Especially in the society and I'm like that so don't think that even though I am the pastor right now I've been so good all throughout my life. No, I've been prideful. I was proud of my intellect my achievements and my career Because as I grew up, it's been my focus to study well very well and I get so many um, accolades. I became the valedictorian in, in elementary and high school, and then uh, I have top honors also back in college and in the medical school. So it's very um, natural for me to become proud, especially as a non-Christian. So in that way, even though I was serving people, sometimes poor people, it's hard for me to get out of my way to serve them completely with the right motivation. Because perhaps my motiva- motivation at that time was to be acknowledged by people. Just like the Pharisees and the remember, in Matthew chapter 6. They go out parading the streets, praying long prayers and giving tithes and then their coins, they have so many coins dropping up in the boxes so that people can hear the clanging of those coins. So I was like that. It's always about me, myself, and I. I wanted to be served. But the problem is, even as a believer, I still retain that kind of pride in my life. When we first came here to Canada, I was already a Christian. It's hard for me to apply in jobs like McDonald's or other things that are media. Because I would say, in the first few months, I was a doctor. So I should, I should apply only in those medical clinics because that's what my talent is. So even as a Christian, I, I struggle with humility. And I know all of you struggle with humility. All of us struggle with humility. Especially we are surrounded in our workplaces, in a school, with people who are engaging with the philosophies of this world. And what are the philosophies of this world? The me, myself, and I. Me first. Self-centeredness. I am number one. And all of you are just number two. That's the world that we live in. And that's why the Bible keeps on telling us, even from Genesis to Revelation, that the true servant of God's people are humble people. You need to have humility. And that's what we're going to discuss this morning. What does the Bible say about humility? And what a better way to start with humility than going to the Lord Jesus Christ as our pattern, as our model of humility. Let's take a look first at John 13, uh, at verses 1 to 5, the one that I read a while ago. And we see here, what is the source of humility? The humility of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what was his attitude behind the humility? What spurs him, what stimulates him to be humble okay, before the disciples? So in verses 1 to 5, we see here the love. Okay, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ toward his disciples. So take a look at verse 1 again. Now before the feast of the Passover, so at this point in time, Uh, We must remember that this was the last night before Jesus Christ will be crucified. So imagine if today will be the crucifixion of Jesus Christ around 3 o'clock this afternoon. The night before, he gathered with his disciples and had the Lord's Supper with them. And after the Lord's Supper, this is what happened. Verse 1, when Jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Do you see that very important word there in verse 1? Love. The word love. Knowing that he's going to leave this world to be crucified and to die in the hands of the Roman people and also the Jewish people, and in fact, in the hands of all people in the world. He said, he loved his own which were in the world. Who are the, his own? The disciples. The people who are not only the 12 disciples, but the other believers who followed him up to this point in time. He loved his own. Remember in John chapter 1, let's start with John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, I'll just give you a contrast here. John chapter 1, verse 11. I will start with verse 10. So we'll see the context here. John chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 he that jesus christ was in the world and the world was made by him and what happens next the world knew him not so the creator of the world was not known by his own creation his own people but here in verse 11 talking about the jewish people his own family He came unto his own, the Jewish people, and his own received him not. When he came to the Jewish people, only a few, as a matter of fact, only the twelve disciples plus some other men and few men, uh, women and men, came to him and followed him and accepted his teachings. But majority of the people in Israel rejected his teachings. Because when he said, I am the bread of life, when he said, I am the resurrection and the life, when he said, I am the light of the world, many people abandoned him and said, we don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. We're just following you because of your miracles. We're just following you because of your healing towards our sick people. But now you're teaching us that you are a spiritual king, we don't need you. We need a military king, one who will defend us from the Roman Empire. So, going back to chapter 13, verse 1, he loved his own. Even though the world and his own people rejected him, he did not return it or repaid it with hatred. But he repaid the hatred of God's, of other people, with his own love. And we know that God is love. And Jesus Christ is also love. He is the perfect example of love. He was able to show humility because of his love for people. And a great lesson for all of us, if you want to be able to serve others in humility, you need to be able to love people. Because if you don't love people, you will not be able to serve them. That's why our main point this morning is this. We reflect Christ when we serve others in humility. Okay? I'm only giving you one point. Uh, you know, you, as usual, I gave two or three points, but I only gave one point from here on. Because that's how we can cement the lesson from the Bible in our minds. So just think about that one statement. We reflect Christ when we serve others in humility. So let's go on. Chapter 13, verse 1 again. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. So he he started loving them even before the foundation of the world. That's what we know. Jesus Christ loves everybody even before the foundation of the world. And here, the passage tells us he loved his own people until the very end. If there's a perfect and unconditional love that you can describe, this is it. Loving people until the end. Because we, as, even as believers, sometimes we love people when they can do something good for us. If we can expect something in return from them. But what if this person is poor and homeless, nothing to offer you? Will you love that person? Will you love that person? By the grace of God, when we were in Victoria this past week, on our last day, Friday, Friday morning, actually the day before, Ding and I saw already this um, homeless, this poor homeless um, woman going around uh, that, uh, that area in Sydney. Uh, Sydney uh, near, the, no, near the ferry terminal and he, She was collecting these um, Bottles from garbage and then we, we saw her a day before getting food from from the dumpster and she took it and then the day after before we leave the, the hotel we saw her again and by the grace of God we were prompted by the Holy Spirit to give her some of our food and I think ding was able to give her one of the trucks that was um, uh, made by sister may here and she was so uh, joyful she was so happy that she has this food and it could be a small thing in the eyes of people and for us it's very small thing but in the eyes of god doing something good showing your service to other people especially those who are underprivileged is a great example of the Lord Jesus Christ living in our life, in our, in our hearts. And that's what we need to do. Continue to love people. We may hate some people because they did something that offended us, but we still need to remember, God loves them too. So we need to love them also. Now in verse 2, chapter 13, supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Jesus Cariot, Simon's son, to betray him, I was wondering, when, this, when I encountered this passage, why did John the, the Beloved include this? There's no need to include um, Judas Cariot betraying the Lord Jesus Christ, because he was talking about the humility of Jesus Christ and how he would serve people, especially his own disciples, who would soon betray him also and flee from him. But the Holy Spirit taught me that even though Judas Cariot was the son of perdition, he was going to betray Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ knew that Judas will be betraying him the next day. The Bible says he still loved him. He still loved him. Can we as God's people do that? We know that this person is going to betray us or perhaps do something that will be tragic into our life or in, in our family's life. Will you, will you still love this person? This morning, uh, during our Sunday school time, we talk about humility. Some people who have been examples of humility and service to other people. And one of the names that came up was Jim Elliot. Marty knows uh, Jim Elliot, and I think Margaret knows Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot was a missionary to the Auka Indians in South America when they were preaching the Gospel to these um, tribes, and one day, they were speared to death by these tribes. Uh, and these young guys, five missionaries who came to that South, Southern American nation, well, they were very young. And one of them, Jim Elliott, was only 29 years old and newly married. Still enjoyed, his, he, uh, and, and I think his wife, uh, Elizabeth Elliott, said, They never had their honeymoon yet, because Jim Elliot went to the missions right away. So these five guys died, and later on some of their family members, some of their children went back to the Aoka Indians and shared the gospel again to the people. And one, one or several of the chiefs of the tribes came to know Jesus Christ, and now he's an active... I don't know, I think he died already, but he became an active preacher. In his tribe also, and all because of love, and that love spurred them into humble service. The same with the lord Jesus Christ. He could have probably if he is any other person just like any one of us. We're not going to love Judas Iscariot anymore. We would hate him. But Jesus Christ continued to love him even unto the end. What is the source of Jesus Christ's humility? We see it in verse 3. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. So three things that we can see here. He knew that the Father had ordained him already to be the possessor of everything, that he will be the Lord of all. Because when Jesus Christ died after the crucifixion and he resurrected and ascended into heaven, where did he sit? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We might say, oh, it's just like Robin to Batman and something like that. No, being at the right of the throne of God is not being a sidekick. Being at the right of the throne of God means that you are all-powerful, just like God is all-powerful. And he knew that. He knew that all things will be given into his hand, that he will be the supreme Lord over all even over all the devil over all those people who hated him he will be supreme and secondly he knew that he was come from god that his source was god himself and he knew that he is going back to the lord god we may not be the possessor and the supreme lord of everything when we pass on from this world but we knew even at this very moment that we are from God because we have been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going back to God. And that would be enough for us to love people enough to become humble in serving them. So in verses 4 and 5, Jesus Christ demonstrated humility. He did not say only, I'm humble and I love you, but I need to express to you concretely and practically how can I show my love and my humility to you? So, he rises from supper after the Lord's supper and after their dinner and he laid aside his garment. So, during the time, a servant is wearing a robe but when he stoops down and washes the feet of the guest, he would remove his outer robe, outer garments. And then, there's a towel that you're going to gird yourself like that. Okay? And then, so, at this point in time, the Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was acting as the servant in this household. He was not supposed to do this. They said this household could be Peter's or probably Mark's. The Gospel of, Mar- uh, the Gospel of Mark's author it could be the household. So, it should be the servant of these people who will be washing the feet. And I told you a while ago... Um, people's feet especially the guests needed to have their feet washed because during that time the roads are so dirty and muddy and after rain pouring rain of course their feet will also be very very dirty because they don't wear shoes they don't wear nikes adidas or new balance or whatever kind of shoes during that time but they have sandals with open toes the toes are all are exposed So those will be dirty. So the servants will wash their feet as a sign of goodwill to the guest. But lo and behold, it's so strange and extraordinary for the guest himself, especially our Lord, the master, teacher, and healer, to be the one washing the feet of the guest, the disciples. And this is what he did in verse 5 he poured water into a basin. So he himself pours water into the basin, into that big bowl. Not the servant, but he himself. And he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. An expression of humility. That's how we show our love to people. Many people said, especially in this world, if you are the leader... Just like our Lord Jesus Christ, you need to wait to be served. Just like when you go to a restaurant, you sit down, or sometimes you line up first, and then sit down, and then the waitress will ask you, what do you want or what do you want to eat? What drink first? What drink would you like to order first? All of us are like that. Even as God's people, we want to be served. It's hard for us to serve other people. In the economy of God's government, leadership is defined as servanthood. In the world that we live in, leadership means that you are going to be served by your people. We all know that Queen Elizabeth passed on this Thursday, and one of the things that people are saying about her was this. Actually, his first speech back in 1952 when, he, when she became the queen, she said, I may not be able to enact laws. I may not be able to uh, make, do anything uh, to serve you in my own capacity because, you know, the monarchy is mostly symbolical, right? Because we have the government itself. But he said... But this is one, one thing that I can promise you. I'm going to devote my heart to all of you. And that's what she did for 70 years. She never said anything bad as far as I know about this nation and about some other people. She remained very um, hospitable and calm. And one said, one, one Christian actually said, she exemplified servant leadership. Uh, back in the World War, at the end of the World War actually, um, he applied as a volunteer for as a driver and a mechanic, mechanic to all the people in his nation in her nation. I'm not idolizing Queen Elizabeth, but I'm saying that there are some people in our midst who can be humble. We don't know if he, she was a true Christian, but many people would say that she had faith in Christ. But nevertheless, we saw in her that servant leadership. And that's what we need to exemplify in our life also and demonstrate, just like what Jesus Christ did to his disciples. So love is the source of this humility. Without love, we cannot really be humble in serving other people. Now, let's go to Peter, verses 6 to 11. You know, Peter, when he talks with Jesus Christ, especially before Jesus Christ died, he was, so always, he was always so impulsive. And he just blurts out words that sometimes he didn't understand. So, verse 6, Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. So Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. So Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. There was um, a disconnect between what Jesus Christ was intending to do and what Peter thought about what Jesus Christ was doing. So let's go to Peter's head first. In Peter's head, Jesus Christ was just doing a physical thing. Just the physical cleansing. Oh, so if, you, if I don't have a part with you if, you, if you don't wash my feet, then of course, wash everything in me. Not only my feet. And if you are probably in that situation, you may not be able to understand what Jesus Christ was doing. And you may be um, it may be weird for you to say, Master, you are my teacher. I'm your student. I should be doing what you're doing right now. You'll be sitting here and I'll be washing your feet. But you're doing the opposite. So what Jesus Christ was telling us here, and also the disciples was this. I'm not talking about physical cleansing. I'm talking about the spiritual cleansing. Yes, I have not died yet. Jesus Christ has not died yet. But when he was crucified, he was telling his disciples that through my death and my resurrection, I'm going to cleanse you spiritually. The same thing happens to all of us. When we are saved, we are spiritually cleansed through and through. And that's what we call justification. That's our relationship with God. vertical relationship but why do we need someone uh, asked this morning in the Sunday school so what does it mean by just washing the feet not the whole body the point here of the Lord Jesus Christ washing the feet only is that his disciples have been saved already and have been cleansed thoroughly completely but in your practical daily life no one is perfect every one of us still commits sin. And the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about that. Although you have been cleansed thoroughly, and you're going to heaven very, very soon, in a practical day-to-day life, you are still committing sin. And that's what John tells us. And that's what Paul tells us. That we are still sinners, saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus Christ was telling them, I'm just going to wash your feet for now because that's a representation that you are still sinning. Although Peter did not understand that, Jesus intended the opposite. And now in verses 10 to 11, Jesus said to him, He that is washed needed not not save to wash his feet, but is clean every week. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So he was talking about Judas Iscariot here. He was telling him, there's one of you. And of course, the disciples never knew that it was Judas Iscariot until Judas Iscariot committed suicide. They didn't know. Only Jesus Christ knew. Even though it's so apparent for all of us, right? When you read the Gospels, it's so apparent that it was Judas Iscariot because we have read the whole story. And again, we see that even though Jesus Christ knew that this man, the son of perdition, will be betraying him, he still served him. He still served him out of his love. Out of his love for Judas Iscariot. We reflect Christ when we serve others in humility. So if you really want to follow Christ in a life of humility, then be like Jesus Christ. Even if you meet people who have offended you, people who have hurt you so much in your life, and that person could be your neighbor, that person could be your own brother or sister in Christ, or your own biological sibling, forgive those people and continue to love them. That's, only, that's the only biblical way of serving other people. Continue to love them. Now in verses 12 to 17, we go to the important matter. The teaching part. What is it all about? What is the lesson for the disciples and for all of us? So we go now to the practical application in 12 to 17. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Jesus Christ is always like this, right? He does something, okay? he acts on something that he wants to teach, and then he tells them the message. Remember the feeding of the 5,000, the 4,000? What did he do? He fed them first. Then later on, he taught to the disciples, Do you know the lesson behind the feeding of the 5,000? And the 4,000 that's what Jesus Christ did he healed people he healed the blind the lame the deaf and the mute and then he tells his disciples those who are followers of him the lessons behind those healings and now we have this um, teaching from the Lord Jesus Christ do you know what I have done to you? So now in verse 13, he tells them, You call me Master and Lord, and you say well, for so I am. So he's telling his disciples, It's right that you call me your Master, your Teacher, your Lord, someone that you need to serve. But I'm, what I've shown you this morning, uh, this evening, is that, Even if I'm the master and the Lord, I'm not like the master and the Lord of the world that you live in. I'm the opposite. Because even though I'm the leader, I'm showing you that I can be your servant. So he said, if I then your Lord and master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Many people, especially in some churches, those very conservative churches, actually declare this an ordinance. You know what an ordinance in the, in the Bible? An ordinance is something that is commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ to practice as a group of believers. But we believe that there are only two ordinances in the Bible. Baptism, water baptism, and then communion or the Lord's Supper. Even though Jesus Christ said, you also ought to wash one another's feet, his intention was not for all modern believers to do the same thing as an ordinance or something that you need to do as a tradition. Because he was teaching the disciples and he is teaching us right now a deeper meaning to this message. So let's go on. in Verse 15, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. So, the essence of the message of the Lord Jesus Christ is this. If I, who am your master and Lord, am able to serve people, even the person that is going to betray me, the person that hated me, the person that is going to offend me, I still love the person and serve him with humility. Verse 17 says, If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. The word happy means blessed. You are truly blessed if you follow the example of Jesus Christ by serving people. Let me give you some practical ways. What can you do follow the example of Jesus Christ in washing other people's feet you can do that literally but you can do that also symbolically three important things that you should do first think about that person who has served you in the past or probably this past week any person that was who has served you and approach that person and tell him or her I'm so thankful That you served me. That you served me this past week. Because I see in you the example of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You serve me with humility. And by serving me with humility, you show that you care for me. That you love me also. Secondly, ask the Lord to put one person, at least one person in your heart that you can serve. You may not be able to repay that person who served you this past week, but you can do that repayment by serving other people. So ask God to give you that one person this coming week. Ask God to put that into your heart. It could be a friend, a coworker, one of your family members, or one of the brothers and sisters of Christ in this church. But whoever that person is, ask the Lord. To give you an opportunity to serve him or her. And lastly, ask God to put in your heart also one person who has not known Jesus Christ. One person who has not had any personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Either talk to that person about the gospel or bring them to the church so that they can hear the gospel. As a corporate family, as a church family, we can do this also, not individually, but also we can do this together. If there's a neighbor going through a time of sickness, we can help that neighbor. Especially with COVID increasing again in, um, in its rate, we can drop by and get, bring them some food or fruits or vegetables. We can volunteer in the different ministries of the church. We have so many, many ministries in the church that we would like to carry out, but the problem is the laborers. So many things that we can do, even though there's only a few of us, but we need more laborers. So we need to pray that God will give us more laborers and more people who are truly committed to serve in the different ministries. Especially, uh, I, I, we're planning the deacons and I were planning, um, per- perhaps during Halloween time to have a youth outreach event. So we, you can help that in one way or another, and we need help, because we need to uh, brand that program, we need to uh, send flyers and brochures to people, especially to the young people, and invite them to, to this big event. OK? We can invite children to our children's church although now we don't have children when uh, we have children we need more children so that they can have time together to play and to learn more from the bible you can open your homes to our community bible study also just like uh, what marty is doing right now with the co-op common room right now so if you're available probably one wednesday or one thursday a week Because, you know, it's much better to gather in person rather than be in Zoom. Right? Because in Zoom, especially if your cameras are turned off, you may be lying down. And if you're so quiet, I'm thinking that you're already sleeping. And the only time that I know that you're still there is when you're snoring already. Right? (laughs) So we need to get back. I know this COVID will be here with us. Probably until Jesus Christ comes back. Why don't we cherish our time together, especially in person, right? We can have in-person Bible studies again. Not every week, but probably once a month we can go to some places. If there are some people who are indisposed, do errands for them. And also for the young people and those who not so young anymore who can still do some yard work for the elderlies, please do some yard work. That's how we practice humility. And remember, when we serve in humility, what do we do? We are reflecting Christ. We are telling them that Christ lives in me. And now, your words are backed up by your actions. Remember, actions, Speak louder than words. And that's what the Bible tells us also. Your faith without works is dead. But if your faith is is accompanied by works, by action, you are reflecting Christ, and that means your faith is an alive faith. So after this service, when you go head home, think about that one person that you can serve. And think also about that one person that you can preach the goodness to. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word that is always reliable and true. Thank you Lord for, you are the one giving us not only the opportunity but the ability to commit ourselves to serve people in humility because in that way we are telling them that christ truly lives in us and through that we know through that example many people will come to know jesus christ and our words will be backed up by the actions that we portray so lord this coming week as we have discussed may you put that one person that we can serve and also One person that we can share the good news to. It's only by the power of your Holy Spirit that we can do all these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let us all stand up, please, as we sing our last hymn. Let's sing, I am thine, O Lord. Let's sing this prayerfully also. And as we sing this, I pray that all of us will commit our life to the Lord Jesus Christ because we are His. Ready, sing. I am Thine, O Lord, I have heard Thy voice, and He told Thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith, and be closer drawn. cross where Thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to Thy service, Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will ology Praise god from talk with the deacons upstairs and uh, yeah so others you can put away all the stuff